with paid search, Google AdWords, and I I wanted to bring him on and kind of get his thoughts about paid search marketing. And because a lot of people have very search intent based marketing is extremely important to a lot of businesses. And expect like especially when you're getting them in and getting everything else, and it can be very important. So. I want to kind of like for him to introduce himself, kind of tell him what he does a little bit, and then we can go into the questions and how the, the strategy based on behind these marketing strategies. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super uh, excited to be here. Uh, so uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've been doing digital marketing for, I hate to say it, but probably about 18 years and I have the gray hair to prove it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really got my introduction into uh, um digital marketing through SEO, but quickly moved into paid search and just loved it. I love the intent based uh, searches that and the traffic that comes from that. Uh, so I spent a good amount of my time in performance marketing, generating mostly leads for businesses, either phone calls or lead forms, driving uh, qualified sales leads into companies and then leaving them to close them. Uh, right now, what I do is I actually teach a digital marketing course for uh, a, a startup accelerator in Victoria, BC in Canada. Uh, we teach a digital marketing course, which uh, really covers off all different areas and all different disciplines of digital marketing. Uh, and we also uh, have an, a digital marketing agency called Jetstream that uh, is working with SaaS and tech-based B2B companies to drive leads into their lead nurturing process. Uh, a lot of these companies have longer sales cycles, so it takes a little bit of time to nurture them, they're not gonna just convert on a single click. But if we can find those bottom of funnel search keywords with high intent, uh, you know, they seem to drive a good amount of leads and uh, good quality uh, volume to these uh, clients. So that's what I'm up to. That's great, that's great. So what, to our first question, when it comes to Google AdWords, it's, yes, the platform is a little bit more expensive because based on its co cost per click basis, and there's a lot of factors in there too. Where do you typically, do you typically go after the high volume keywords with a lot of traffic that are, that could be almost like $10 per click, um, but yet very relevant at the same time? Or do you tend to go after longer tail keywords where, which means it's, it's longer, there may be less traffic, but at the same time, it may be cheaper and less competitive. Where do you typically spend most of your money toward these broader keywords or more toward these narrow keywords in cases? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think that comes up a lot, uh, you know, when you think about Google ads and even search marketing in general, what's the best approach. And so, you know, we'd like to really work closely with our clients to, you know, figure out the best strategy. So mm -hmm. I hate to use the the classic digital marketers uh, answer, but it depends. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and through a lot of research and, and uh, finding out what works and what doesn't, but it is an arbitrage game, you're trying to buy lower and, and, and sell higher. Um, so it, it is usually a mix. Uh, what we do find uh, works is, is you know, when people put in different queries when they're actually searching to answer a question, if we can answer that question, that works well. But yeah. just to kind of dive into your question, the, you know, the way that we look at that is, you know, at least for me, I like to find a number of different keywords and I just know that sometimes I'm gonna have to pay more, like $10, $20 a click for a higher volume, higher intent, highly competitive keyword that will generate a lead. But I might mix that up with other keywords. Like I might have one keyword that drives like 80% of the volume. And then the other 20% is spread across like 200 keywords yeah. that are all low volume. 
Um, but you know, we we always try to our best to find some sort of high quality volume. And sometimes that might be a makeup of a ton of different keywords. So my strategy is usually to go in pretty wide and broad, not in match type, but in the amount of keywords I'm going to put in and then see what Google brings me, what it shows me. These clicks work, these clicks convert, uh, or these search terms are showing up. You didn't think of these things. So sometimes in your keyword research, you didn't even think of the best keyword that was there. <laughs> Google found it for you and showed it. Of course, you know, as Google goes, that's changing now, which mm -hmm. makes it a little bit more frustrating as a, as a search marketer. But yeah. um, that's that's kind of the strategy we approach. And, and mm -hmm. you know, it, so it does depend, but we have to think about the strategy. And yeah. I kind of look at keywords in buckets of like, you know, branded, competitive, and sort of generic. But those generic ones, there's usually the most keywords. And we usually find keywords in there that convert. But the branded stuff is going to convert really, really well. The competitive mm -hmm. stuff is going to convert really, really poorly. So we've got to bid less for that. So uh, yeah. hopefully that answers you know the the question there. Yeah, the Google Ads platform really does do a good job at telling you what next keywords to go after. And I love like the optimization score and like telling you how you can optimize it further because I do a lot of Facebook ads and that's just not there. You have to know exactly what that op next optimization is. So diving into the Google Ads platform, it's really nice to have that optimization score so you know what next to go and where next to add your next optimization in there for sure. What do you typically do besides doing like working off that suggested search terms off Google? How do you find, do your keyword research and find those keyword, find those next search terms that may perform well, but don't have that super high competition behind it. Finding those long tail keywords that may have a lot less competition, but high growth opportunities for, how do you typically find those? Yeah, those are like the holy grail, right? Trying to find those those keywords. They are out there. It takes some time to find them. But, you know, I use a number of different uh, keyword research strategies, right? There's a lot of different tools out there. Uh, so I will use like the Google Keyword Planner, SEM Rush, you know, um, other spy tools that will give me information on what other companies are bidding on. Uh, you know, you can take competitor sites and put them in and see which keywords Google thinks they're ranking for or SEM Rush will show you, hey, they're advertising on these keywords or a tool like SpyFu. So you can find those, but it takes a lot of digging and a lot of exploring and then a lot of testing because some yeah. keyword that works for a competitor doesn't mean it will necessarily work for you. There's a good chance it will, but there may be something that their differentiator, their unique selling uh, position will will give them an advantage over you. Mm -hmm. um, so you know we need to take that into consideration. But really, it's it's tireless keyword research. It's the part yeah. of it's the part of digital marketing that's not sexy, that's not exciting. It's <laughs> it's getting you know it's getting square eyes looking at Excel sheets that just contain words. They don't even calculate <laughs> anything, right? And so you just yeah. just looking and looking for combinations. But a tool that, that I really like that is a, a good tip for anybody uh, using uh, doing uh, Google Ads is a, it's called Combinator with a K, combinator.org. It's really simple, but you, you take and break up the keyword phrases. So say someone's like, the keyword is like buy red shoes. You could also do like find uh, orange basketball shoes, right? Or uh, get yellow boots. Right. Mm -hmm. And you could take all those different variations and different cells and plunk them in. 
and then it will take all these combinations and mash them together, hmm. right? So it's just Combinator with a, with a K.org. It's a really simple tool, but I you know structure things in Excel around some of those phrases, and then you kind of add that modifier that brings them together. And then the nice thing about that is that it's then sorted by like the color or by boots or shoes. Uh, and then you can sort those into ad groups because when you upload those to Google ads, it's gonna start looking at your ad groups and how they're sorted. And then the ad text, the creative and how related it is. So you don't want red shoes with a keyword or an ad creative that says yellow boots. True. Right. Yeah. And so you want to make sure those match up. And so using that combinator tool from the start puts the organization of the campaign into a good position that Google's going to uh, like that structure. And then it's all about relevance, right? Yeah. Red shoes on the uh, keyword search, red shoes on the creative, red shoes on the landing page, uh, and hopefully images of red shoes. And hopefully you sell red shoes. <laughs> yeah. While we're on the topic of creative, what do you typically see perform better? Like, the like out of all these different branches of Google, like search, display, and all these different things, what do you see like see perform better in it? Do you usually see that the display ads usually outperform the search ads, or what do you typically see there? Yeah, that's no, a really good question. And and performances, you know, we have to measure them a little bit differently. The the click through rate, uh, the quality score. Um, you know, the general relevance and performance of some of those KPIs, taking out conversions and sales from it, that, that campaign, that search campaign would perform better. Um, with a display campaign, you're going to see a lower click-through rate uh, and maybe a lower conversion, but you'll probably see a lower cost. So when you measure the ROI, you know, it could be hit or miss. But typically, I would say that I see better performance from the search campaign because it carries that intent. It's already built into the search. You know, when you advertise on Facebook or some banner, you know, the, the person who's seeing that, they don't necessarily have the intent to buy something. They might be on that site for a totally different reason or they're on yeah. Facebook just browsing. True. So, you know, these all these platforms do work in, in, uh, in different ways. But, you know, mm -hmm. typically, you know, I, I lean on search and it's, it, Prepackaged with intent from the user, but only if you choose the right keywords. If you choose yeah. keywords that don't carry intent, then you're going to get clicks that don't carry intent that don't lead to sales. And as you've said, the the longer tail keywords are going to be where that opportunity is. And it's you know we talk about keywords, but really we're talking about two to three or five keyword phrases. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I, I very ra rarely would advertise on shoes or yeah. software. Yeah. Right? <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. It, it like choosing the right keyword is just so vital. Like you really have to think about it. Like 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 you said you have to be religious about really doing the keyword research and making sure that it's relevant for the user. You would never target someone's shoes. Like even that maybe the category, like running shoes might to be too broad for you and having the color in your search term and find actually finding that right search term may be like is, is super important and it takes a lot of time to think over and you have to really think if I type this in Google, 
what what do I expect to see? And actually typing it in Google and seeing what your your competitors are doing and seeing like, okay, if, if is, are people actually expecting to buy shoes on the search term or are mm -hmm. they expecting to research buying shoes? Whatever it may be, but make sure you're actually checking what the results of those keywords are and making sure that you're always – you're always just doing that keyword research and checking and you're always making sure that is the right search term with that right intent. How do you typically make sure that it is the right search term and that you are going after those right keywords? Yeah, no, uh, really good question. And even, you know, you mentioned the search results. So yeah, you want to put your keywords in and see what comes up. That's going to tell you how relevant you are and whether your competitors are there. And if they're advertising, there's a good likelihood that that's a decent keyword. But even before you hit search, look at the what's what's pre-populated by Google. What are the recommended searches that come up? Mm -hmm. Because you might see, yep. you know, red shoes for baseball, but you don't sell baseball shoes. So now you yep. got to add that as a negative. Mm -hmm. So as much as you might discover a great keyword in the search terms report or in the suggested uh, searches, uh, you might find a bunch of negatives. And so you can actually tailor a keyword uh, to perform better. So, you know, you and I might both advertise on red shoes, mm -hmm. but I've done an extensive job of finding negative keywords True. to turn red shoes into a valuable search because I've excluded all of the, the keywords that I don't want. Yeah. And so we're both advertising on that keyword, but I've done a better job of doing the negative keyword research. So yeah. once you find that keyword, then you still can optimize it further by adding in uh, negative searches. And there's a good, it's an old tool that's been around for a long time and I always get the URL wrong, but it's like Suvel, S-O-O-V-L-E.com. I'm probably not even saying it correctly, but <laughs> it does a good job. It's got some old searches in there, but it does a good job of showing suggested searches across a number of platforms. And so it, it starts you to cue in on like, oh, I never thought about, you know, red baseball shoes or whatever term comes up. Yeah. Right. So, because <laughs> you don't want to, Go and spend your money to find that out if you can find it out without spending. Yeah. But true. when you do create your campaign and you start spending, you're going to see some of those searches that are irrelevant. And so that's your opportunity to save your future budget by negativing or adding that as a negative uh, to your campaign now. Yeah, that's so great to even like, I never even thought about actually doing negative keyword yeah. research of like making sure that yes, you're targeting the right search terms, but also making sure that you're not targeting the wrong search terms within yeah. there. And I think that comes down to just an aging Google ad campaign. Like you can't expect a Google ad campaign to be perfect right out of the box. Nope. It takes time. You have to see like, oh, the like t I got 10 clicks on this one ad, but no one purchased. Maybe it's worth actually making this a negative search term. And exactly. that comes over time of optimization to make your Google ads run more efficiently over time to make sure that it's actually performing just the way you want it to be. So yeah. it's just, it's just something and that really just takes time um, to really make it where it's successful. Yeah. Um, and, and on that point, I just want to add that, when, when you, like you said, that it performs and acts the way you want it to, mm -hmm. you may go as far, and I've done this before, as you know, you've got your red shoes, yellow shoes, blue shoes, you actually add in blue shoes as a negative to the red shoes campaign so that they never show up, right? Because the yeah. last thing you want is Google to match and it wouldn't happen, but you know, it, it, with related keywords, it might happen. And even the semantics of the search are so important. So you wanna make sure that the correct 
ad creative shows up for the correct search. So True. when they put in red shoes, they don't see an ad that says blue shoes. Yeah. Right. So uh, you can get very granular with just negative keyword matching. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, like it's almost worth having almost every single neg like other color negative. Yeah. Um, exactly. And just like, like, just like typing all those in and making it where you're never spending any money. And it's also important to like dive in what the consumer may be thinking when they land on it. Like, let's say if it's not red shoes, maybe it's, let, let's say if it's a keyword about something completely different, but like maybe something related to other types of shoes, but you never really thought about it in a certain way. Like, let's say if they're typing in running shoes, but your running shoe it has this new feature that some people may not like, like, let's say if they're only built for flat feet or something mm -hmm. else for like, just for example, but you also have to really dive into what the consumer is thinking. So that way you can understand is like, Oh, that's why they're not converting. That's why this search term is not working. And it comes down to really understanding what the consumer is thinking behind each search term because you never know how they may be reacting and how that particular audience and what that could be the reason why they are converting or why they are not converting. So it's important to really dive into what they're thinking to really understand why particular search terms do well and why they don't do well. So that's an important fact too. A a absolutely. Right. And, you know, we're talking about shoes, but you have to put yourself in the customer's shoes. <laughs> yeah. And I find that this is like the most difficult, the most difficult part of being a marketer is putting myself in those shoes because sometimes I'm selling something that I have no interest in. I would never buy it, but you still have to go through that process and think about what are they thinking? What are they experiencing? And then, you know, a lot of my experience has been in performance marketing. And so with that, we have to find uh, opportunities that, that, you know, clients never thought of. Yeah. And, and so you're taking something that's maybe even quite unrelated from the keyword, like red shoes, and you have to bridge the gap. And so you usually do that by creating a landing page. So, you know, if they put in, you know, running shoes for flat feet, but you don't have that specific product, you could potentially have a landing page in, in between that bridges the gap and explains mm -hmm. to them why your shoes are still good for flat feet, even though they don't have that same specific um, uh, yeah. feature. So mm -hmm. you have to think about that. And sometimes traffic that's not performing well is an opportunity. You just need to make that connection for the customer and help them on their journey because you have red shoes over here and you've got someone searching for, I have like fallen arches, flat feet. Yeah. Right. And if you just say buy red shoes, they're like, well, why? But if you <laughs> yeah. have a different ad with a landing page with a, with a, you know, the option to just go from that landing page to your site, you can bridge the gap between where they are and where you need them to get to, to buy your product or service. Yeah, that's so important, especially when it comes to the landing page and the experience of the customer. Like you can have the best Google ad expert in the world, but if your landing page isn't the best, if, if it's still in HTML or whatever, and <laughs> it's, it's just not going to perform as well. So it's really important to like really take a look at your landing page and see, does this explain, does this help the customer know what my product is? Help, does this help explain what my product is and how it may benefit them mm -hmm. because a lot of, a lot of, I see a lot of product pages that show the product that show it just fine, but 
they don't differentiate themselves from other exactly. products. They say, oh, I'm just another product exactly like my competition. And then it just becomes a price game. And then it, that's the only thing that differentiates them. So it really comes down to telling your story within your landing page yes. by actually showing you what makes you unique rather than your competitors. And use that as an opportunity that instead of having just a normal product page like everyone else, maybe, in, maybe enhance it, show your story, show what makes you different, and also show more product benefits and what makes you unique rather than everyone else. Because even if they don't purchase that first day and they understand that that's what makes you better, they, they're going to come back and see, okay, I couldn't find any other competitors that were better and had a, a better story than you. So I'm going to come back because they will remember that. So it's mm -hmm. super important to really understand your customer and really make sure that they understand why your, why your product is unique. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that's another thing, you know, when I say it's difficult to get into the customer's shoes, that's a process you have to go through. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really easy for us to thrust upon our goals and what we want. Like, yeah, just buy my shoes. And yeah. when you look at that landing page, it's kind of speaks back to you, but it doesn't speak to the customer. And that's yeah. really problematic. Uh, and I think another thing, you know, you, you're mentioning story, one of the downsides of, of a Google ad, like we talk about the ad text creative, True. it's not terribly creative. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. You have a limited amount of characters and, yeah, and there's no like imagery. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, you've got to each, each placement has its, has its, uh, you know, the actions you need it to take. So the purpose of the ad text is to get them to the landing page. The landing yeah. page is where you can tell that story. You can yeah. show those benefits. You can have social proof. You can show the product, the differentiator, all those things. But the actual creative, this is one of the things that's so difficult because you know, you're, you're using words, you have a limited amount of space. And what Google really wants you to do is put that keyword inside of there, right? And then you're gonna get a better quality score. You're gonna get lower cost per click. Um, but it's, it, I always find myself looking at those creatives and going, they're not terribly creative. And so it's really a struggle to take kind of the tech and the limitations of the ad and marry it with sort of that old school advertising mentality and the psychology in there. So, you know, you can do things to create urgency. Uh, you know, you can, you can put calls to action in there, but the goal of that creative is to solicit a click and then you get them to the landing page. And that's where you can really do the marketing, the advertising, right? So that's one of the things that I think is really important for people to, understand that uh it's not easy to be creative with, with google ads at times and a lot of a lot of people a lot of marketers forget like a lot of people don't know what your product is like when when you're the marketer like you're constantly pro like making the product and you understand it better than the back of your hands but when you're the customer they know nothing like, and you have to assume that when you are like, like I see marketers say, yeah, of course my, my customer understands like, duh, it's the, like, it's a shoe. Like what are you <laughs> about it? But like, it's important to like, really see, like make them like assume that your customer knows nothing and you have to teach them and inform them why your shoe is better. And even if it's completely visual and they could like, most people can see it without like being told it, like it's still important to, like to say and call out those features for the people that may not get it. And at least like establish more 
a priority for people to see it. So if you make shirts and they're cotton or whatever, it's important for you to call that out because that may be a big, a big benefit for other people. So it's important to realize and not assume that your customer knows exactly what you're talking about and to really assume that they don't know as much as you do. So mm -hmm. really like you have to take your down yourself down a level and say like, okay, I'm a customer. I know nothing. And I type in this search term. What do I do now? Am I looking for red shoes? Okay. I see red baseball shoes and I see red soccer shoes. And like, you really have to dive in. It's like, okay, if I'm a soccer player, I'm going to enjoy these soccer players. So I might make con like I may make content for that or something else like that. And you really have to think like them. And the more you bring yourself to think like your customers, the better your ads are going to perform. So it's really important that you're always changing in diving into the mindset of your customers mm -hmm. so that way you can create content and understand the keywords um, behind it because some keywords may make sense in your customer's mindset, but a lot don't. If you mm -hmm. really dive into what your customer is thinking, a lot of those keywords won't be relevant to your customers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes diving into their shoes, I think what makes that difficult is because we do have that inside mind. And like you're saying, what's obvious to us won't be to them, but yeah. what's obvious is probably what you need to put on the landing page to yeah, explain yeah. to them what that product is. But I think that's what makes keyword research and finding the right keywords so difficult because, you know, you know, this product inside and out and you're just like, okay, well, this is what people are going to search. You mm -hmm. have to do research. You have to see what people actually, actually search. And then you have to see what has volume and isn't too competitive. It's, it's a fairly complex uh, issue, but, at, at, at some point you have to put a campaign up and yep. then, and then evolve and optimize. And so, you know, anyone that's familiar with, with product management will, will know what that's about, right? You have to like release the product in an MVP and let the stakeholders give you feedback until that product evolves into something that people really want. Yep. Your campaign is very similar. You need to put up an MVP campaign or minimum viable campaign and then let, the, the elements take place and kind of mold it and then it grows into something that is actually successful. Uh, unless you're Nike or Coca-Cola and you have this massive <laughs> budget and you just throw it at, but that's not the majority of people and that's not True. the clients that we work with. So, you know, we usually start small, gather data and then iterate, improve, optimize, change things uh, to improve the conversion rate optimization of the campaign, landing page, ad text, keywords. Uh, there's a lot of stuff involved. Uh, in that, but it is a, it's a fun game. If you yeah. don't mind, you know, staring at keywords and text and Excel spreadsheets with just, yeah. <laughs> which is my life. So it's, yeah, it's, it's not too different. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. But for me, like, especially when it comes, if you, if you, if a client does do a lot of awareness ads, it's so important for them to have a Google presence mm -hmm. too, because that search intent based marketing that will benefit off of that. So if like, let's say if someone types in um, like or on a Facebook ad, they're scrolling through their feed, they see an ad for red shoes and of a, a particular brand. And they may, may rec like may remember that like faintly subconsciously, they'll like say, okay, whatever. I'll like, I'll slightly remember that brand. But then once they do research on a Google, for example, they might see that same brand in a Google ad and they go, oh, 
I've heard of this before. I'm going to click on this ad and see what another shoe that they have or something mm -hmm. else like that. So it's important that you're running Google ads with your awareness ads on these other social media platforms. Or if you have a great social media presence in general, like it's important to have these Google ads because other people may have heard of you before and maybe presenting your ads and be ma making it more relevant for you. So if you do have that established brand, make sure you're running at least some type of Google ads. So that way you can establish that brand authority through your, through that search intent based marketing on Google ads. So that way you can have more traction and get more benefit off of Google to bring it to your website. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally second that, you know, if you're running an awareness campaign, uh, especially on like a Facebook and people are seeing, you know, videos of your product, uh, they're likely to be searching for your brand. Right. And so, you know, back to when I was talking about keywords, I, I kind of bucket them into like branded competitors and then sort of the generic and the generic is quite an extensive list, but you know, at a minimum, if you are running Facebook ads, advertise on your brand. Yeah. Because if you're not doing it, someone else will be right. They'll see those ads and say, oh, that's a new brand. I'm going to start advertising on them. And when you look at Google, the, the top results are ads and it's very pay to play. And there will be like four positions. If you're on a mobile, I mean, you don't even see the first organic result or you might yeah. see four ads and then an ad in Google uh, My Business. Yeah. Right a listing before you actually get to the first organic result. So you sure. want to be in that top position for your own brand and it doesn't take a huge budget to do it, but you want to make sure that you're capturing anyone that's coming from that awareness campaign and going to search. You want to make sure you're capturing that. Um, so if you had a, if you had a big budget on uh, for Facebook on an awareness based campaign, that's driving conversions on Facebook, I would be advertising on my brand as well. But I was also, I'd also be looking at advertising on competitors that are doing the same thing. The competitor yeah. campaign will convert a lot lower, but someone might go through the journey of looking up, you know, they see red shoes and ad for say Nike on Facebook. They go to uh, Google and they put in red shoes and then they put in, they don't click on anything. Then they put in Nike red shoes and then they see your ad and then they click on it or they see your ad and then they search for your brand. So there's quite a journey that could potentially happen. And this is what makes attribution as a digital marketer so difficult to track across yes. all these platforms. But uh, I recommend exactly what you said, you know, advertise on your brand, especially if you're doing an awareness campaign. And if you changed your landing page to adapt it to that particular search term. So like if you really wanted your page to convert well, you would say like you would advertise on a, a competitive search term, say Nike red shoes. And like your landing page, the very first says we're better than Nike. Here's why. <laughs> like that, then, then you got a lot you're like, wait, what? And then people are scrolling through your page and that you can have really relevant search terms. But that's if you wanted to get super granular, but that's where you get the most conversion rate by adjusting your landing pages to your search terms by making it extremely relevant for the user that is coming in. Absolutely. And that's where you have the most dynamic and the best performing ads is by actually adapting your landing pages to your keywords. So that way, that way you're always gaining that relevancy for the mm -hmm. user but yes, does it, does it take a lot of time? Yes, extremely <laughs> a long amount of time. But will your conversion rates go crazy high because of it? Yes. So in most cases, it's worth that time. So make sure you're always optimizing and adjusting your landing pages for your keywords.
Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, you know, a tool that maybe not everyone knows about is the Google AdWords editor or Google ads editor, uh, which allows you to make changes at scale um, uh, and, and move things around a lot easier than using the Google ads interface. Um, but landing pages certainly take a fair amount of time. Uh, I'm a big fan of Unbounce. Uh, Unbounce is a, is a tool that uh, can build landing pages pretty quickly. You can duplicate those pages. And so, you know, you can have the red shoes, blue shoes, yellow shoes, whatever colors, whatever <laughs> names, but you can also dynamically insert keywords into the page Wow. as well, right? So Once based on what the user searched, they can wow. click through and they can see that on the page. And that's all about that relevance. You know, that's my search, saw it in the ad, saw it on the landing page, I'm in the right place. And then if you do have that brand and authority, the higher con you're going to see higher conversion rates and the users are going to be more likely to come through. That's great. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, I'm going to I'm definitely going to use that. That's really <laughs> great. That's awesome. But yeah, that's all we have time for. Um, it was great to have you on. And thank you for your time, Mike. Thank you so much.